Welcome to a belated episode of Live from the Blue Seats. I'm your host, Rob, joined as always by Dave and Becky. On today's show, the Rangers head into their two-week break on a high, coming off an impressive win over the Florida Panthers. We'll recap that game as well as a special night at MSG last Friday when Henrik Lundqvist's number 30 was raised to the rafters in a pregame ceremony fit for a king. We'll also answer your questions and help you prepare for two long weeks without Rangers hockey. Very sad. Dave, Becky, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday? Obviously, we are a day late to record. Maybe, Dave, you want to uh, explain why. Yeah, pinned it on me. Well, no, it actually is my fault. So I'll tell you guys how my last couple of nights have gone. On Monday night, um, apparently eggshells cause your kitchen disposal to back up. And yeah, all that happened into my living room. Sorry, into my laundry room. Not my living room. Into my laundry room. So... With all of that comes an immediate need to clean everything up. So Monday, I spent basically sweeping water, brown water into my sump pump and calling frantically for a plumber to fix everything at 1130 at night. The restoration company came. They did their whole little spiel, disinfecting, removing the carpet, removing the drywall, etc., etc., etc. And then they did their fans and their disinfectant and they left. Stupid motherfuckers did not hook up the slop sink. And for those who are familiar with the concept of a slop sink, it is usually in your laundry room, and it is, for the most part, something where you wash the stuff you don't want to wash in your kitchen sink, and it's usually the sink that your dishwasher backs up into because a dishwasher produces a lot of water, backs up usually into that. As you can imagine, that becomes a problem if the drain's not fucking hooked up. So, I had a swimming pool in my laundry room again last night. Yay. That was fun. But you're you're all good now and and sounds like you're in a much better place here 24 hours later, Dave. Uh I mean, listen, the Rangers <laughs> played the best game. <laughs> a definitely a very subjective phrase, much better place. And B, the Rangers played the best game of their season on Tuesday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I've lost all concept of time because of this shit. But they played the best game of the season I've ever... uh, The best game under Gerard Gallant I've ever seen. And I I was... You know what? I'm in a good spot. I remember that happened. I actually had a decent day at work. I'm good. I'm zen. (laughs) Becky, how are you You actually sound... You sound extremely zen, like, considering... All things considered... And I was like all like jacked last night, ready to record, and now I'm like just kind of tired, and you know. So are you I'm trying? Good, to, are you trying to make me feel bad that you're no longer like oh pumped, and now you're just like you know fuck you, Dave. I want to go to sleep. I mean, wasn't my intention, but you know, you were like on one last night, and so now to hear you so happy and like chill, it's it's good. I think it's great. Oh, I, I was stabby. If somebody came into my house last night, they might have gotten stabbed. I have well, spare I mean, Taco I would hope Bell that sports. If someone would come into your house, you'd stab them anyway, because like we don't love intruders here. Well, it depends on the intruder. The general here. It depends on the intruder. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, <laughs> we're Dave. talking murder. <laughs> Rob's like, "Hey guys, I'm here too." <laughs> well, no, I mean, so so to sort of you know maybe maybe we can reignite some of the energy that that Becky was feeling after last night's uh, Tuesday night's thrilling win over the Florida Panthers. Dave, you called it unequivocally just a moment ago the, the their best game under Gerard Gallant. So wh- why did you feel that way? Well, for starters, they actually played a full uh, for the most part a full sixty minutes. I mean, they tried in the first period; they just Florida just was steamrolling them. But then they generated sustained offense. They got good offensive pressure from the kid, well, from Lafreniere. The power play looked good. Penalty look, kill looked good. Goaltending, team defense for the most part looked good. We crowdfunded a giant acne slingshot for Libor Hayek. <laughs> Everybody was reunited over that, and it was fantastic. 
And you know what? If you can point to a game like that where they still let up two goals and they were bad goals, bad defensive plays, and you're like, oh, it was really just that guy? I'm pointing at my door like you guys can see who I'm pointing at. Like, it's really just that guy? (laughs) Then, you know what? That's a good game. And I don't think you could watch them and see that there was something different about the way they were playing. I don't know. Maybe it was Ryan Reeves playing the first shift on the top line and it reignited them. I don't know. I'll take it. That was the best game I've seen them play all year. And I really hate yeah, Becky Hayek either. in the lineup. <laughs> Clearly. There have been some some good wins this year. You know, the Toronto game comes to mind. The shutout of Tampa comes to mind. Um, did you think this was their best game of the year? Are you with Dave on that? I mean, I have recency bias. Like, I loved it. So it's hard for me. I, I need to, like, sit down at the end of the season and, and look back and think about what the games were and be like, yeah, this was my favorite game of the year, blah, blah. But I agree. I think they played – they mostly played. I agree with Dave's assessment that, you know, the first period they tried. It's just that, like, Florida is really effing good. So, I mean, I thought it it's, – it's not the best. It's certainly up there. And it was such an – like, it was an exhilarating game. It Like, I rarely get, like, amped up to the point where I'm, like, jumping. But that – it felt like a playoff game. And I know I said it before, but, like, the Toronto games, too. I'm, I'm always, like, I want the Rangers to play Toronto in the playoffs. Hope this doesn't come to bite me in the ass. But, like, because they just feel, like, a lot of energy and it feels like a winnable game. Last night, I mean, some of the early Twitter takes, I feel like I should – Maybe I should start a little segment on here called like, like, because the Rangers will never release mean tweets. Maybe I'll just start doing mean tweets or something. I like Becky's that receipts. I don't know. But like people were like, the Rangers will get swept if they played Florida. They wouldn't even touch a game. They won't even win a period, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you guys need, in the words of Taylor Swift, you need to calm down. You just <laughs> fucking relax. Like, I'm 85% sure Taylor Swift did not coin the phrase calm down. I said you need to calm down. And it's a song. She's a song called You Need to Calm Down. (laughs) I I, I don't expect Dave to know that, but it's just for clarification for Dave and any of our listeners who may not be Swifties. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Okay. Also, I think I just want to point out the fact that ESPN, like, I haven't hated the coverage so far. It's been like, okay, whatever. But I don't. Like yesterday, they published an article essentially said that when you ask around the league, like the Rangers are garbage and they're not going to go far at all. And like it's only Igor, blah, blah, blah. And ESPN obviously released that for a reason. And they were pushing that narrative the entire fucking night. Meanwhile, the Rangers were fucking flying last night. They were crushing the Panthers. And it's just like very sus to me. And I just don't like that. Like I get I get you need to have some kind of narrative, but it just like really turned me off. I don't really have a choice. I mean, you have to watch what you have to watch, but it kind of like kind of bummed me out. And and on the flip side, I kind of hope Gallant took that fucking article, printed it out, pasted it on the board in the locker room and just pointed to it and pointed to it after that first intermission because they came out like their asses were on fire in the second and it maintained through the end of the game. Yeah, I think the one of the things I wanted to kind of follow up with, and, and, and that article is a great sort of um, springboard into this part of the conversation, is, you know, look, it calls out most of the Rangers issues, which come at five on five. We're not going to get into like deep, heavy stats here, but even just eye tests, right? Go to the Seattle game Sunday. They were pretty much awful all game, mm-hmm. um, mostly at five on five. Um, and, and, and the power play often comes in and saves them. We, we know this. Everybody knows this. Fans of all stripes are aware of the issues. Larry Brooks writes about it. ESPN writes about it. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you guys is really just from what you saw, right? So don't, don't again, don't throw expected goals at me. We know the Rangers won that battle. Great. They, they outplayed Florida for two-thirds of the game at least and had an overall good game. What do you think made them more successful at 5-on-5 five five in this game? I, I, I It could be anything. I have my ideas, which I'll, I'll throw in in a second here, but... You know, Becky, what was it for you? Like, why did the Rangers play better? You know, what did you see? And like I said, it could be anything. I mean, I don't I, – I believe this, but I know that there's also going to be some proof that it might not be true. But I think that they played up to their opponent. And 
I know that, yeah, they got their asses handed to them by the Flames. Like, I, I know that. But And I know that their record against playoff teams, blah, 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 it's not great. But I don't know. Maybe they see the playoffs on the horizon. Maybe they're like, hey, the All-Star game's up, which means that, like, we're in our final stretch, which means it's almost playoffs and, like, people are getting juiced. I don't know. I would hope that they're professional athletes. They do what they love and that they're actually pretty jacked to be playing an opponent that they can showcase their talent. So I think I think in the case of last night, I think they just played up to their opponent. What do you think, Dave? Puck support. All about the puck support. And that plays into what Becky was saying, playing up to their opponent. They realized they couldn't be one and done in the offensive zone. They realized they had to change and actually play a full team game as opposed to kind of the sh- – not. not I was going to say showboating, but that's not the right word there. The very selective shot choices that they always make. They realized that they couldn't do that. They had to actually pressure the Panthers. They had to support the puck. They had to get into into the zone, get to loose pucks, and they did that. And that's what playing up to your opponent is. It's actually saying, hey... We kind of suck if we don't do this. We should probably do it. Otherwise, they're going to win nine nothing, and it would have been nine nothing if the Rangers did not. If the Rangers played the way they did against Seattle, it would have been a nine nothing debacle. Yeah, for me, you know, and this is just one of those things. I mean, the games that I'm thinking of this year, I think you're right, Becky. Despite the record. Um, which we know, honestly, a lot of those games that they won against the cellar dwellers were even, those were Igor games. You know, those were games where they got three power play goals, even with the mediocre record against the better teams. And I'm throwing, you know, you could put obviously the Carolina game and the Flames game. There were a couple others in there. But, you know, I'm thinking about the games against Toronto, the games against, Bo- the game against Boston, which I think is in the running here for their best win of the year, um, especially because that was on the road. That was the Black Friday game. And they were mm. awesome in that game for 60 minutes. I mean, that was... That was a six. That was probably their true sixty-minute effort. Because even in this Florida game Tuesday night, they had a bad first period. Um, I think that they get up for their competition. I think if the game also, and I'm really going to sound like a dad here, but <laughs> I am one that sits in the blue seats. When the game gets physical, they respond well, and it's not because they necessarily have guys like Lafreniere or you know Zabanajad or or whoever you know. Uh, Adam Fox, when he's playing throw big hits, it's not that, but they all get engaged physically. And, you know, there was the moment last night where even before the Marchment thing with Strom ended up fighting him, but I think it was earlier in the game. I think it was both Kreider and Truba knocked him down. It was kind of like the both of them hit him at once, knocked him on his ass. It was like a slap shot thing where it was like two of the Hanson brothers knocking the same guy over. Um, It was really, it was really awesome. And, And you could tell the crowd responded to that. The Rangers were into the game at that point. I think that was right after they had tied the game. So I see when they are playing well, I see a more physically engaged team. Remember, earlier in the year, the five-on-five play wasn't as big of an issue. They had won, you know, they were kind of a, a break-even team in terms of expected goals and, um, you know, just playing with their, you know, neck and neck with their opponents. And there was a lot of commentary from the Joe Micheletti types like, oh, this team's more physical, Sam. They're lead, they lead the league in hits, Sam. And look, I'm not saying that you need to lead the league in hits. Usually that means you don't have the puck. But they were a more physically engaged team last night. I think, you know, again, looking at um, that good stretch of play in November and early December, that was when Jacob Truba was like running over a guy every night. You know, that was the type of game they were playing. And that comes from, as you said, Dave, good puck support, stepping up at the blue line, anticipating plays, you know, trying to... um, keep the puck in the offensive zone and not necessarily look for, you know, a pretty goal, but, you know, just be willing to grind it out a little bit and, and then let the skill take over. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I love the physical play, honestly. And I thought, I mean, what were your thoughts on the, uh, the Strom Marchment fight? <laughs> it was fucking amazing. And like, I am not pro fight, but that was actually like an organic, he was just sick of his shit. And you could, that was like an angry fight. That was, he landed some really good punches, and honestly, I hate to say it, it got the crowd was into it the whole time, but it got the crowd like really jacked up, and I it probably got his team really jacked up because it's Ryan fucking Strom fighting a guy who's like six or four inches taller than him and probably has like thirty pounds on him. So, 
I, I thought it was great, and I'm not a fight person. Yeah, well, and the other thing about Strom is he does that, but he also makes that ridiculous pass to Kreider for the game, what ends up being the game-winning goal. Just absolutely absurd, you know, saucer pass across across the ice to Kreider for the tap-in. Um, Dave, on that play, do, I don't, you want to give a little goalie love to Igor Shesterkin for the play he made to start that whole thing? You know, I honestly forgot what goal it was until you mentioned that. Uh, all I can say about Shesterkin on that play is just imagine Henrik Lundqvist, if he could actually play the puck, and that's what we have right now in that. Yeah, I love Hank, but holy shit, when he would leave like the crease, I would I would need like an antacid. Oh, God, it's heart, heart Attack City every time he left the fucking net. Also, this, I realize I just said, yeah, like a very strange way. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> uh, and this was back maybe in the days when, Ra- when Rangers Twitter was not as much of a cesspool as it is now, where not every tweet generated 58 you suck replies. And you could say things like, Hank, stay in the fucking net, and people laughed. Because every time Hank left oh, yeah. the net, we're all like, don't do it. Stop it. No. And you wanted to hit him over the head with a newspaper. I know. And and that's Hank, and we have nothing but love and admiration and respect for Hank, but yeah, it was it was nauseating. I think I have more love and yeah, respect for Lundquist's hair than I do for Lundquist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so Linda. I do want to, we are going to talk about the ceremony in just a bit, but first, just last thing, I did want to bring up one um, very important stat that the Rangers are pretty much leading the league in this year, which is friendship per 60. So obviously (laughs) the Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, bromance, love connection, whatever we want to call it, has spawned a lot of incredible content on on the the weird side of Ranger Twitter. But also, you know, look, it's something that I think all fans can relate to. I mean, I think there was a game they won last week where, you know, most of the crowd was still in their seats. They were celebrating the, the win. And literally everybody was like waiting for them to hug as they were leaving the ice. And you could hear everybody cheer after the hug, which was like is so strange to me, but also is endearing and great. And I mean, you know, by the way, and, you know, look, good vibes, whatever, not necessarily the thing that necessarily needs to be, a, you know, the first priority if you're trying to build a Stanley Cup winner. But what those guys are doing as a tandem on the ice, whether it's at even strength or on the power play, is really special this year. I mean, this is probably i can't think of a, of a rangers partnership um that has produced this way maybe ever if, since we've been watching i mean i does anything come to mind for you guys like I, I, this is i think that's probably the best duo they've had and that includes panarin and strom oh straka nylander I mean, are yager. you talking about come on say who who straka nylander yager come mm. on man yeah yeah no i that's true but that was that was a three-person line Okay, Obviously, fine. Straka was here bad. for a hot second. Nylander and Yager. Yeah. Okay. I think that that's fair. Um, that's fair. Becky, what were you going to say? No, that's a better answer than I was going to say. <laughs> well, no, what were you going to say? I'm curious because I'm, that, I, that was the first thing I thought of. Now I want to know because there's obviously other duos that we're just not thinking of. Well, mine is more along the lines of friendship per 60 and not necessarily production per 60. Uh, okay, so. fair. Okay, fair. That's yeah. okay, though. Yeah. I mean, I, Zook and Brass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were pretty good together, too. Yeah. They honestly. loved each other a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was like a picture that of Broussard wearing like a weebly blue um, ugly Christmas sweater that was like all I want for Christmas is Zook. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that picture. <gasps> I mean, it's there. It was a good, and then like Haglin was also in on there. They were all like buddies, and yeah. I mean, whatever though. If we're talking about production, like that's not. It's yeah, Lundqvist was a part of that too, and I think Broussard was like their token Canadian or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He that's you know he was hanging out with most of the uh, European guys. Um, yeah. So, uh, on to Henrik Lundqvist night. So Becky and I were lucky enough to be in attendance um dave i'm sure you took it all in from your from your couch but you know i just wanted to to just chat through you know the night and 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 some 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 of your guys thoughts around it i mean i thought it was a great ceremony i will say from off the top i was kind of hoping to see a few more 
familiar faces from from the teams that Lundqvist played on. You know, obviously, when you think of the teams from the last six, seven, eight years, a lot of those guys are still playing. You know, um, I know Dan Girardi and Ryan Callahan were, were there, and I think they came out on the ice in between periods, um, but were not part of the ceremony. Um, the ceremony was rather intimate. It was just the retired number, other retired number players, uh, you know, um, that could make it, and Henrik's family. Um, Kevin Weeks was the keynote speaker, which was, I think, a little bit of a weird choice because I don't think that they're like great friends or anything like that. Um, but overall, look, I mean, really cool to see that jersey go up. And now it's really cool. You know, I've seen some photos of it um, kind of in the line with the rest of the retired jerseys, you know, obviously right next to uh, right next to Mike Richter. So, um, I mean, really awesome night. And, you know, Becky, what were your um, takeaways from from the garden on Friday? It was really fun. I was really happy that it was completely packed, especially considering the weather was like there was an incoming storm and, you know, what have you. Um, But I didn't really expect anything less from Ranger fans. It was it was really, really nice. It was emotional. It was great to see like his entire family was there. Um, Some of the old players. I agree. I kind of wish that there were some like of like the 2014 players on the ice in the ceremony. But I guess it would have been weird maybe to like present him with something like instead of McEnroe like can we just have like I don't know Zuccarello come out and you know he was there so anyway but it was great and I feel like I need to watch it like rewatch it on TV to kind of see because it was just so damn loud in there it was amazing it's really amazing Dave how are you feeling uh at home when and maybe what came through in the broad did anything come through in the broadcast that you found interesting or 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 uh noteworthy well aside from the assholes that kept screaming while lunkus was talking you know shut the fuck up um that was that came through on tv and it was really annoying because it was tough to hear uh but you know i was kind of disappointed in the sense that when we see messier night and leech night all these guys come out and I'm going to guess it was because of COVID that they didn't have everybody come out on the ice other than the retired numbers. Um, I'm guessing a lot of these guys still play as well, so they can't really have, you know, Zuccarello come out, you know, and, you know, he's on the other bench. So they he had, was there. yeah, so they had him do the opening face off, which was really nice. I love that they did that. Yeah, that, that yeah. was nice. I really enjoyed that. Um, I was surprised that Weeks did. That, I don't know, that was kind of weird to me. I thought Valley, if anything, was going to do it. Yeah, maybe because Valley was working, I guess. Yeah, I still think COVID had a lot to do with it where they didn't really want to have, you know, they said that, you know, Jockamin and a few others couldn't make it and it's got to be COVID related. You You don't want too many people down on the ice. You don't want them interacting with the current players too much. Because then you have COVID yeah. go through if something happens. So that was a little bit disappointing for me. But other than that, you know, the Lee Schreiber video, man, if it's not Morgan Freeman narrating my life, I want it to be him. <laughs> He's just fantastic. I love it. He is. And that video was so well done. Everything about the night was great. I was I was hoping to see more people on the ice, but I get it. Yeah, yeah everything about the, the night was great consensus. until people threw trash on the ice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't want to talk about the game, but that was the disallowed goal was was some bullshit. Uh, if we're all being honest, and I think everybody <laughs> agrees on that. Um, but yeah, people like literally threw beer on the ice, which I mean, you know, part of me. Uh, Kind of finds that. I mean, look, it's first of all, I, I, let me just come out and say, don't do that. It's really stupid. You could hurt people, blah, 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 blah. But this is it's like the kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But when people also say like, oh, MSG isn't the same. Like, no, that's exactly what used to happen in like the 1960s and 70s. Like that is as old time as it gets. Like people threw shit on the ice because of a bad call. So as 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 silly and immature and, and stupid and, and, and you know, um, as much as I disagree with it, you know, I have like a little part of me that's like, well, you know, it's still a little bit old time in here and it still can it still is a fan base that cares incredibly deeply about this team. Cause that's like the knock with the garden and, and, and Ranger fans. Now it's like, Oh, you know, 
they don't care as much. And, you know, Carp used to talk about how quiet the building was and blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. It's 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 fucking awesome in there when it's packed, when it's a big game. It was on uh, Friday night for for Hank Knight. It was again, as you said, Becky, on Tuesday night for a game against the Panthers. You know, not a playoff game, but a juiced up crowd. So, um, you know, the Garden still got it. And, um, you know, it was it was humorous, but also don't do it. Yeah. Agreed. Also, that was a goal. But you know, <laughs> I don't understand how record. how somebody can literally sit on Lundquist and that's a goal, but the puck's in the crease and you can't whack at it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And they said it was because Stroh moved the guy's pad, but like, isn't his pad moving already? And like, what what else happens when you're chopping away at a puck that's loose in the crease? I mean, like everything's moving. It's just it's yeah. the NHL just has these issues with the rule book that. You know, it's not quite as bad as, say, the NFL, which is a complete mess. They've never figured out what a catch is in a sport that's highly predicated upon catching something. Um, (laughs) But, you know, some of the rules and rule interpretations in the NHL are really wonky. And um, let's just hope that doesn't happen in a playoff game because that would be uh, excruciating. I mean, it already Um, happened in a playoff game. You know, literally somebody was able to wipe their ass on Lundqvist's back and it was a goal. (laughs) I know. I still Rob, what, did, me back what did you say? What was your reasoning? Why you think that they they didn't call it? Oh, the, well, the refs wanted to get the hell out of there with the storm. <laughs> they were like, "No, we're not playing overtime. We're we got a plane <laughs> to catch, so we're getting out of here." So, but no, it was a, it was a fun night, great time at the garden, and um, you know, well deserved, obviously, well earned by by Henrik Lundqvist, and um, his jersey's up there forever now, and excited to. Uh, to see it and um you know and 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 always have those memories so no awesome night um great week for the rangers in the end you know they go into the break on a high they've got 30 wins at the all-star break so you know we've got two weeks off now um you know we're we're gonna continue doing the show it'll it'll come out on its normal wednesday next week um you know we might have some guests on we're you know we're gonna we've got some stuff planned but you know, we we love answering the fan questions, and we were actually talking right before we came on the on the podcast that, you know, we've gotten so many lately that we could almost do an entire show just based on the questions we get. So, um, Becky, I'll turn it over to you. We've got a, a ton to get through here, but really excited for it. Okay, so I'm gonna start because we were just kind of talking about Hank um, and the ceremony. So I'm gonna start with Lou uh, and our shot club, our friend Immortal Lou. Top three most obscure Hank teammates that you would have wanted to make to see make a random appearance at the ceremony. Oh Jesus! I love this question. This is like this is like my perfect. This is like right up my alley because like I'm the guy that watches YouTube videos from like the 0708 playoff run or the 2012 playoff run. I was doing that earlier today between work calls, Um, and I actually thought about this one. Unlike the top handsome Rangers one, which I totally butchered last week so i'll go first dave and i'll let you think about this i'm going to basically go from the three distinct lundquist eras right so you had the the beginning the yager years you had the middle which was like the stanley cup runs then you had like the end which was the you know the late av then rebuild era so i'm going to go with a guy first obscure teammate uh from henrik's first season he played only one season as a ranger he was actually really good and and just played um played a perfect role on a team that needed like a middle six center, honestly, a veteran middle six center center, Steve Ruchin. Oh, so yeah. Steve, Steve Ruchin was their second or third line center that year behind Nylander. Obviously I think he had about 15 or 20 goals, probably about 40 points. He only, again, he only played this one season for the Rangers. I'm not sure if he retired after that or, or he got just moved on. But so Steve Ruchin ran obscure teammate from the early years, um, from the middle era, I'm going to go, Vinny Prospel. I just, Vinny Prospel was a fucking riot. He was a riot. And the way he celebrated his goals and the energy he brought, just a very memorable guy. So Vinny Prospel from from the the middle years at really Hank's prime. And then let's go with, I don't know. I don't want to pick like a bad defenseman because those are the guys that Hank would probably want to kill. (laughs) Yeah. there's so many maybe, of them. 
There's so many of them. Well, I was going to say, like, remember Adam McQuaid played, like, 50 games for the Rangers? Aww. Remember they he traded a third bad. round. No, they traded a third round pick to get him. And then they traded another third. They traded him for another third round pick. And they moved back, like, yes. 20 slots. <laughs> yeah. Great piece of business by Jeff Corden there. Um, yeah, I don't, let's just go Adam McQuaid. I don't know. He's a, he's a handsome guy. Maybe him and Hank had a... Had a drink he one night. He's a handsome and, guy. Let's and, all be uh, nice you know, to Adam McQuaid. Oh, no, I don't yeah, have so anything so wrong friend. with McQuaid. It's just that was such terrible asset management. All of us like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was also, that was the first year of the rebuild, which was really difficult for everybody involved, <laughs> I think, fans and players alike. So, um, But no, those are my three, so I'm, I'm done. Dave, you ready? Uh, I'm going to do the best I can. So... Mm-hmm. From the beginning era, I'm going to go Fedor Tutin. Oh, yeah. Cause loved Fedor Tutin. I, I, yeah, I loved him, and I understand the trade. Who, they, who'd they get for him? They got a forward for him. They got Zherdev for him, didn't they? Yeah, they it traded him to It was Tutin for Zherdev. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dan Fritchie. <laughs> it, it, it was Tutin for Zherdev and Fritchie. <laughs> So I gotta go Fedor Tutin. I the Tutin Girardi pairing I loved. It was fantastic. Um, although I'm not quite sure where he was gonna fit here. So if number if the second era is defined as the Cup run, so 2012 and beyond, I was tink toying with the idea of Ole Jokinen just to see what the fans would do. <laughs> For those who haven't oh been around that long, the one year the Rangers missed the playoffs under Lundqvist before the rebuild was because Ole Jokinen missed the shootout attempt in 2010 against the Flyers, and the Flyers went to the cup final after that. Yeah. That was the one year they missed. That's right. I I mean, and that was just such a – they brought him in on a at the trade deadline, I think, too, and it was just a, such a weird addition. Um, but, yeah, yeah. wow, Ole Jokinen. That's a good one. So the middle, I got to go Eric Christensen. Top nice. line center, Eric Christensen. He was one He was one of mine, you bastard. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Just like, I, I, I want him there not as a, oh, wow, look at the guy, or anything like that. It's a, just remember, this used to be your 1C. All right, let's take yes. a breath. He used to be your 1C. And, man, from the more recent eras, see, this is tough because, Rob, I see why you struggled so much with this. Um, Yeah. I mean, they did cycle in a lot of guys. Like, there was a lot of random names. I mean, you know, when they started making all those deals, you know, you had your Vlad Nemesnikovs and Ryan Spooners. I mean, they they don't feel that obscure because they're still in the league, and, and this isn't that far in our memory, but... They are going to be obscure guys. Uh, if we were having this conversation in three or four years, we'd be like, "Holy shit! Remember Ryan Spooner?" So, oh no, you know, I know who I'm picking. Guys. There, I, no I know who I'm picking. Thanks for jogging my memory. I don't know why Ryan Spooner of all people jogged my memory of this, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna choose violence and go with Leas Anderson. Oh, <laughs> fellow Swede, a fellow nice. Swede. You know the first. Top 10 pick the Rangers had in this rebuild, you know, was supposed to be NHL ready right after the Derek step on trade and give Lundqvist one last run at a cup. And then that happened. I choose violence. violence. I choose violence. (laughs) All right. So it's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for yours. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I mean, that seems silly. Um, okay. I was going to pick Christensen, so I just want that on the record. My first one, my first person, and I'm not doing it by era. I'm just kind of doing it by doing it because it's obscure, is Freddie Shustrom. Oh, God. Great My good second pick. one is Ryan Clough. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> I think it's really fun how he spells his name. <laughs> You, and these my are great. 
My third one is just to rib Dave because he took my my pick is Peter Holland. <laughs> and those are my picks. Fuck you. Peter Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Fuck you. <laughs> Peter Holland? Eric Christensen was the shootout king. Honestly, also John Mitchell. Like, All right. John Mitchell was a good foresee for the Rangers. But fuck you. And Peter Holland, he was, really? He was also a delightful human. I like drunkenly saw him outside of a bar once and screamed John Mitchell. And he was like very normal about it. So I appreciate that. How could that. you not be? There's a lot of guys named John Mitchell, too, for sure. So he pro- probably happens to him all the time. <laughs> like, like, like standing outside of a bar on my telephone because, like, I used to make phone calls with my cell phone. Saw him. Was like, is that him? Have terrible vision, by the way. If anyone knows me, like, I have horrible eyesight and I just don't wear my glasses when I'm out. Like, I'll only wear my glasses when I'm working or, like, when I'm actively watching a game. And I'm like, that has to be him. John Mitchell. And he was very nice. <laughs> so... Yeah, so those are my three. Uh, so that's a great question. Thank you, Lou, as always, for I'm amazed. the old memory. I'm amazed you knew what John Mitchell looked like. I was like a big fan, man. I'm amazed at this. Big fan. I wouldn't have been able to yeah. pick John Mitchell. Like, if John Mitchell came up to me and said, Hi, I'm John Mitchell, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I mean, I might, like, now. I No, I could still, like, picture him. I, I mean, he probably no looks much looks different like. now, but... He won the face-off, though, so the 6.6 game, right? Yep. Richards ties that game in the playoffs against the Caps. Then Stahl gets the winner. John Mitchell won the face-off yep. back to Stahl. Yep, that's, that's his, like, that? great Ranger moment. Th- that's See, great Ranger trivia. You know trivia. what he looks like? I know. Yeah, it is great Ranger trivia, but I also, I've watched that goal nine million times because I'm sick in the head. <laughs> you are no, John Rob, Mitchell I do the same the shit. Rob, uh, literally, I'll go on YouTube when I'm like, okay, I, I need to pick me up, and I'll watch. There's a, like, best Rangers playoff goals from that run. And it's just, it's to Coldplay Clocks, or I think. And it just runs through 2012 mm. to 2015, all the goals. It ends with a step-on goal. And I love it. It's amazing. Uh-huh. And Kreider's like half of them, by the it's way. incredible. Yes, I know, even as a rookie. So anyway, yeah, great question, Lou. And let's, uh, yeah, what's, what's next? Let's move along, because we got a lot of questions. So I'm going to try to go in order of like, you know, whatever stuff that's that we've talked about and then get into the future question. So the next question is from Spozo211. Does this win, so meaning the win against uh, the Panthers on Tuesday night, does this win change the front office's view on how to approach the trade deadline? David? Oh, see, this is tough for me because I am absolutely fucking terrified of what Drury's going to do. So I mm-hmm. think... Yes, in a sense that they're not looking for a top-line winger anymore. Despite what Gallant does with the practice lines and moving Lafreniere to the third line, back up to the first line, I think they know him, Zibanejad, and Kreider are a line. And they're going to put Kako with Strom and Panarin. So I think they're going to get a middle six forward. I hope it's not JT Miller only because of the cost. I think they will avoid getting another middle six winger, forward, whatever, and they'll just go with somebody to push McKeg down to the 15 forward spot. And uh, honestly, I'm going to put a bold prediction out there, and I don't think the Rangers go after a defenseman that they expect to play every game. I think they go after somebody who's expected to be the seventh defenseman, and they run Jones and Schneider going forward. Wow. Interesting. See, I, I would think, and now you're right, Dave, we don't know a lot about Drury. Obviously, you're more kind of negative on him than I am. But a good front office, and the front office's job really is to take the long view, the bigger picture. You know, I don't think you're necessarily necessarily following a good process if you let one game dictate, you know, your future plans. I think you have to look at it holistically. That said, it would be prudent to give Lafreniere and Kako the chance that you said you were going to give them at the beginning of the year, right? And now, look, we don't know how much of this is Drury or Gallant, blah, 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 you know, making, not necessarily making the decisions. We know, you know, Gallant, excuse me, makes the lines, but um, I'm sure Drury's got input. Um, I think you want those guys to play in the top six consistently to see to see if it works. And like you said, that would change the the calculus at the trade deadline. So, um, but I still think if they've got a chance 
you know, and, and it's coming down to the wire and, and, you know, we know they've been working the phones for the last few weeks and San Jose calls and says like, Hey, we're giving you one last chance here at hurdle. And, and it's, and it's on a, a, a deal you like, I don't think they're saying no to that deal because no, our top six is set. Right. So, um, you know, I don't think hurdles happening, but that's just the first name that came to, came to my mind. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I think the most important thing is that the Rangers replicate that effort uh, that we saw against Florida. And and hopefully they're able to do that with Kako coming back, Heedle coming back, and of course their best skater, Adam Fox, also out of the lineup, which makes that win all the more impressive. But um, I don't think it really changes the approach, no, to answer the question. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. I like, and honestly, maybe it's just wishful thinking, but like I hope that it doesn't change the approach because they played exceptionally well one night. Um, I am happy that Lafreniere didn't mention this before, but I'm really happy Lafreniere was on that top line and that because I know that in practice the day before they were toying with him on the third line again. So, um, you know, very normal, very calm Rangers Twitter, basically blew an aneurysm. Um, glad that we didn't have to deal with the cleanup on that one. But to answer the question, hopefully, no, I don't think so. But I also don't Again, like none of us know what's going on in Drury's sick, twisted head. Um. All right. Jessica Lynn asks us, Jess asks, what will you do with two weeks of no hockey and two weeks of Rangers fans having nothing to complain about? Although I'm sure they will find something to be annoyed with. Oh, true statement. What are you guys do? True what's words on the have never been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I might make that into like a picture frame. <laughs> I mean, what are you guys doing? I got, uh, I got a laundry room to redo. Okay, that seems productive. And Lego sets to build. Seems less productive, but you know, good. Hey, excuse me. It in may re- not be as reaching. productive, but it is definitely more constructive. You know, constructing Lego Fair. sets. But um, bum. Oh, I went there. I, th- I thought you were, like, mentally and, like, you know, emotionally constructive, but... Listen. Yeah, whatever. It's Rob? my zen, all right? <laughs> Let me have my zen. I like... I love that you have a zen area. That's good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe start a new TV show. I'm also reading um, a great... I've been wanting... I want to read more anyway. Um, so that's maybe something that I can commit to. But I have been reading a great book about the 90s Knicks called Blood in the Garden. I'm about halfway through it. Would highly recommend it, um, particularly to Knicks fans, although it's a pretty fascinating book about a very interesting and quite dramatic uh, team back in those days. But it kind of goes through the Pat Riley era. And then we got just got through the how Pat Riley left the Knicks, which was a crazy story and obviously ends up with the heat. Um, now we're kind of getting into the Jeff Van Gundy days and LJ and Marcus Camby and all that. So really cool trip down memory lane for someone like me who was a, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old kid watching all those games. Um, oftentimes same spring as the Rangers, which were always the best when you had the Rangers on Monday and the Knicks on Tuesday, and then they might both be on, on Saturday and Sunday. It was, it was pretty awesome. So I think I'm going to try and read more not just sports books either. I'm going to, you know, continue to uh, expand my horizons. I really do like reading novels, but you know, since having a kid, I haven't read a novel in a long time. But I think books are on the agenda. Well, I am going on a little quick weekend getaway and watching Euphoria, and um, you know, I need to actually like organize all of my daughter's clothes and give a bunch of stuff away and clean out her drawers, which is always like. Very fun and therapeutic, but also very sad because she's getting bigger. But obviously, she's getting bigger, and that's a great thing. So, I have a few things to do around the house. Might I recommend saving some of that stuff? Not necessarily for keepsakes, but like, if you guys are going for number two, don't you want to like not have to buy all new shit? Oh, we say we've okay. I'm sorry. Two, two, two things. Number one, did you just turn into my mother? And possibly number number two. 
Number two, we are saving some things, uh, but the most, the majority of stuff can be donated. Okay, I was. There just, are people who need it more than we do. I was just asking the question because, like, everything she grows out of, you know, uh, everything our daughter grows out of, my wife's just like, oh, okay, we'll save this for the next one, and then, like we have bags of stuff that we're yeah, like. But how do you know you're at? First of all, how do you know you're having another girl? We got a lot of unisex stuff. So did we, and we have a bunch of stuff saved too. I want to like make that abundantly clear. And there's also certain things that are just like. This wasn't so meant to that. anger you. It was I just, just a, you, you know. I, but it does. Stay out of my GD uterus. Jesus. I'm not. The, how do, what does it have to do with your uterus? You're it, like a Republican this is like your, right now. This is your God. closet, not your uterus. Technically, it's, <laughs> technically it's Emily's closet. <laughs> Relax, Ted Cruz. Whoa, okay. <laughs> All right. That's a low blow. Next. All right. That's a low blow. Although people have said that I look like, um, what the hell is and I'm going to draw a blank on the senator's name from the like Zodiac Al- no from like Alabama or Mississippi or something like that. I don't know. Oh god, now I'm going to I have to well, I thought you were going to say Jeremy Strong. That's that's the easy one. That's the easy one. No, is it Alabama? All right, can we move on? We're yeah, moving on to a, a question that that makes makes me cranky. Um our very own Robert Luker has two questions. Bobby Jindal, that's who it was. People told me I look like him, and I'm like, really? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Ew. That's really sad. I I know. All right. Luker asks, who will get scratched to keep McKegg in the lineup once Kako is back after the Olympic break? Then, when Fox comes back, who will get scratched in favor of keeping Hayek in the lineup? Who wants to take this one? Uh... Well, I don't I don't think it's happening, but I know he asked this question sort of tongue in cheek, although McKegg certainly is taking on a bit of a uh, Tanner Glass vibe this year where he's just kind of like, you know, a cockroach. You can't kill him no matter what happens. Um, <laughs> only the mumps could get Tanner Glass out of the lineup. Only the mumps. It's true. And the Rangers played so much better. I remember that so vividly from that season. Like, he missed, like, five, six games with the Mumps, and they were, like, much, much better. He's it like, was so strange. He's like Hayden so Christensen so at the end of uh, Star Wars when he just kind of shows up at the end of Return of the Jedi and says, Hi, I'm Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. That is so weird. Uh, in all honesty, I mean, McKegg could probably stay in the lineup over the likes of Dryden Hunt, a Rob Luker favorite. Um <laughs> But Hayek's, Hayek's out. I mean, the, the thing he did, and Dave, you called it out in your, your goal breakdown, uh, on the first Florida goal, like completely leaving his lane and leaving like the wide open shooter who was clearly the most dangerous you know man on the play, um, he just does not read the game at an NHL level. And like that is the kind of thing, I know people don't want to believe this because they think all coaches are total morons, and I, I understand that most of them have their shortcomings, but... Trust me when I tell you that Gerard Gallant is going to watch the film from that game and be incensed that Libor Hayek did that. That is like bad defense 101. It's like the first clip you would show to like a 12-year-old when you're teaching them how to how to play a three-on-two as a defenseman. And Hayek left his lane. He left Anthony Duclair wide open. Two seconds later, it's a goal. I just think that's, you know, he's, he's not staying in the lineup. And I think to your point, Dave, they are focusing on that um, – veteran defenseman at the trade deadline not only to push you know whoever else out of the lineup but but you know basically makes Libor Hayek a complete non-factor so slow your heart rate Rob Luker I think we are nearing the end of the Libor Hayek era although you know he's still on the roster for reasons unknown can I just point out that Hayek didn't just leave his lane he didn't just drift he actively skated Towards the puck carrier, who was defended by two guys. And that's just on the first goal. He did the same fucking thing on the second goal. (laughs) He's like, And he was killing a penalty, which is also annoying. (laughs) He's like, ooh, there's the puck. I'm going to go after it. Yay. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, so... Am I? Do I have to answer this question? Because I kind of want to punch Luca in the throat for this. I mean, I've not answered questions in the past. If you really don't want to, I'm gonna abstain. No, right. I'm not gonna abstain. I'm gonna entertain the question at face value. 
and we'll assume McKegg and Hayek both stay in the lineup. And I am going to say Julian Gauthier and Zach Jones. Oh, that would be so sad. Yeah. I am going to say Alexi Lafreniere and Adam Fox. Oh, you son of a... That's my answers. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait, wait. So when Fox comes back, he's getting stretched himself? Yes. That's cold. Love it. That's cold. That's bold. All right. I mean, Mike Keenan, a- Mike Keenan benched Brian Leach for like a whole game when the Rangers were facing elimination. So stranger things have happened. Okay. I was not a fan back then and also like whatever, young. Probably wouldn't have had such an analytical eye because I still don't. But Mike Keenan seemed like a dick. He was. Is this oh, true? He was a huge dick. Awful. Awful, awful guy. All right. Well, I'm glad that I'm yes. not just like rewriting you're, history you're, here that I never watched. Your intuition is correct. No, he's really <laughs> annoying too. Like he basically takes credit for the whole thing. It's really bad. If you go back and watch, especially some of the more recent interviews he's done, he like takes credit for the Matogol, which is really bizarre. There's this Ow. clip where he's like, we had noticed on video that Brodor does this thing with this stick. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, come on. Don't, <laughs> do not even try. Just be fuck like, Stefan Matou made, Matou made an amazing play. And we're so glad the puck. Like, what are, what are we doing? He, he literally was taking credit for that goal. Stefan Matou, Matou master like of the wraparound. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, also just great hustle play. Like, he fucking beat the dude to the puck and, and hustled to the post faster than Bredore and and got the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final like this is not some great um feat of coaching at all and it's actually ridiculous that he tried to claim any sort of responsibility for that so anyway you touched a nerve there with me I'm sorry we should move on yeah we should move on let's like let's tighten up guys at JB Sports 22 if Kreider this is a hard one to understand by the way so I'm gonna might read it twice if Kreider and Truba were to play out the rest of their contracts with the Rangers, which player would match their value till the end of each? In other words, who do you think will be better for longer and who will decline in productivity first, respective to their positions? Kreider and Truba. It's a great question. That is a good question. Yeah. How old is Truba? He's 27. Yeah. He's turning 28 in a month. So he finished, it's his age 28 season, 30. So mm-hmm. Truba finishes his contract at his age 32 season. Kreider finishes his contract 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 at his age 77 season. And uh, oh, uh, I, I I was just giving information. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that, that that meant I had to go first because I have no idea. I mean, I could go. I, I need to think. I really like Becky Swamey. Yeah, like I don't want to, I don't want to think about this. Honestly, I mean, I like I think Truba's hitting his. Actually, I think they're both hitting their stride now when they hadn't before i mean i just like looked at actually we were just looking at the jay fresh um like his uh, criders player card and he's just gotten better and like progressively better over the last two seasons and he's what 30 31 how old is he now he's 30 this year i think yeah so like i don't know (laughs) I don't know, and and I I I'm gonna say Truba just because I've I've uh, I've bet low or whatever. So I don't know. What I'm, I'm I don't know what I'm saying right now. I've had less faith in Kreider in the past, and he's proved me wrong. So I'm gonna say Truba just because Kreider's proved me wrong. Yeah, f- for me, Truba's game. Probably, and I know this was a big thing when Kreider signed his contract was like, would his game age well? But the way he gets in front of the net and tips pucks and scores those, you know, uh, tap in goals, that's not a skill that'll go away with age. Um, the speed might, but his game isn't as predicated upon speed, uh, you know, uh, as, it, as it once was. Um, whereas Truba, you know, he skates well, but he's a big guy. He's going to take a lot of punishment over the next few years especially if the rangers do make some deep playoff runs i mean look at what happened to dan girardi ryan mcdonough mark Stahl. you know all of those extra miles 
all the physical battles they were engaged in. Um, you know, it is tough, tough work being a defenseman in the National Hockey League, uh, especially deployed the way Jacob Truba is. Big minutes against top competition, you know, on, in that shutdown role, which, you know, we can debate whether or not he's even suited for that, given that he's, a uh, you know, more of an offensively inclined player. But that is going to – that may not age well. And, you know, he, he's a good skater now for a guy his size, but if he loses a step or two, it could get pretty ugly pretty fast. I don't wish it on him, and I actually really like the guy. Um, I know there's been a sort of revolving door of suggestions about who should be captain. And, you know, some weeks it's Truba. He's really playing like a force. Now it feels like it's Kreider. He's been like a, such a great leader. Sometimes it's Mika Zibanejad, whatever. Um, I, I like Truba. I want him on the team. I hope the contract, you know, maintains its value. But, I, you know, frankly, he's probably a little bit overpaid now. Um, whereas Kreider is underpaid. You know, even at, at $6.5 a year, he's underpaid given the production he's got. So I'm going to say Truba. All right, so I my answer is Truba, but for the sake of the question, I'm going to present an argument for Kreider. Is that allowed? Yeah, I love presenting an argument. This is great. So Kreider will be 36 when his contract is up, as opposed to Truba's 32. Mm-hmm. So right there, mm-hmm. and then you have Kreider does play a physical game. He does hit people. And his speed is certainly going to go away at some point. And he doesn't necessarily have the puck handling skills to be a guy that can transition from speedster to get the puck in the zone to finesse get the puck in the zone. And that then turns into Zibanejad having to carry the puck in or Lafreniere. And, you know, Lafreniere, let's, for the sake of this, assume those three stay together for the next five years Lafreniere is certainly capable of this but at some point Kreider is not going to have those legs and the hands will certainly hold him back so we might see a 10 a 15 goal Kreider with minimal assists because now he's literally just parking himself in front of the net and not creating which, you know, at that point, what, are, are you going to be paying $6.5 million for a 15-goal, 30-point guy who plays on the top line? Is that worth it? Again, I don't necessarily well, agree with it. I'm just presenting the argument. Don't clip me on that, that one. That sparks, though, something like it takes a lot of physicality to be able to stay in the spot that he gets to. Uh, he's a beast, and I don't think strength yeah, necessarily disappears. Yeah, like, I don't think that, I, I think we're saying, like, well, Trooper plays a very physical game, and, like, so does Kreider. So, yeah, I mean, and also, he's just going to be older. He's just going to be older than Truba. So, it's, you right. know, yeah. age age will get you, guys, no matter what. <laughs> so Father time is undefeated. Yeah. yeah me, we're talking it's about really him getting question. too old. It's a really interesting question. I'd actually, like, love to hear what <sighs> listeners have to say about that question. It's, it, like, it's a very... Yeah. Good, thought-provoking. Thanks at JB Sports Twenty Two. I really like that question. That was a good question. Yeah, super thoughtful. All right, and then also super thoughtful or built to spill. Always asks, do you have? Do any of you have coworkers that you don't follow on Instagram? And if so, does it cause a lot of work drama? <laughs> oh my god! Super thought-provoking okay, shit. Here. I am. I'll go. I'll I'll go first and say. Depending on the industry you work in, this I could totally see this being an issue. And I, I used to work in kind of uh, sports, digital media. That would have caused a lot more drama where I work now, more corporate, not in that industry, not at all. I don't, I don't think the word Instagram has even been uttered by anybody I work with. So um, no drama this end for me. So... In terms of following people on Instagram, no, that doesn't cause drama. But Instagrams have caused drama at the office, just not related to people following each Ooh. other or not. Can you Care spill? to spill the tea? <laughs> um, without going into too much detail, there was somebody that we used to work with that had a, one of those influencer type profiles where she was, uh, I'm, I don't know how to phrase this, 
but it's your typical like kind of workout influencer profile mm-hmm. and there's a lot of risque pictures you see this everywhere you, you know it's the fitness profiles of in a bikini doing workouts uh, guys t- without shirts on doing workouts all this shit you see it everywhere and she had one of those and it just was it, it became a talking point in the office for other people I really couldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Whatever you got to do to get more money, go get your go get money because corporations are gonna bad. they're gonna fuck you as soon as they get the chance to. So get your money when you can. So, mm-hmm. and it created a lot of uh, drama. She no longer works there, and from what I understand, it was not a uh, good separation of company and person and there uh, interesting yeah so that actually did cause drama interesting okay so not exactly the question but still fun to hear about some social media drama um i will say that i i I like I don't mind throwing an Instagram follow around because there's always like that beautiful little mute button, which everyone should take advantage of. I do think if like it would probably cause some drama at my company, uh, like maybe in a different team. My team's like we're in HR, so we all just whatever, either follow or don't doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, no, we're good. We're we're Gucci over there, but um, that's interesting. I can't believe I someone why I, potentially got termed for that. I was going to say, legal? I wonder why uh, why Mr. Bill to Spill answered, uh, asked that question. I wonder if he's got yeah. any Instagram drama going on in his life. Maybe we'll hear from uh, you next time, Bill. Uh, Bill? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> that is your real name. Did you guys just miss everything that happened and why that became an issue? Or are you being coy? No, literally have no idea. Okay. All right. So um, there is somebody who will remain nameless that is a noted content and design stealer that put it out there that Georgiev does not follow Shesty on Instagram and Shesty does not follow Georgiev. Uh, it's from oh, this shit. This oh, this shit. So yeah, and oh, first, black this out right, of my memory right, right, in less right, than 48 right. hours. Yeah, so I'm glad that, you know, right, it's right. not a huge talking point, but it became more of a running joke that this became something when it's really not. It's fucking social media. And honestly, there are a lot of people, a lot of my friends that don't follow me on Twitter because I'm an idiot on Twitter. No, you talk about hockey a lot, and like it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like it's like, yeah, it's not personal. It's I've like people like I am friends with or whatever. Like on Twitter, don't tweet a lot. Like I don't, but just like I just won't follow you. Like whatever, yeah. just you want to interact, let's interact or whatever. But like I don't know, it's try to curate what I see in my feed. So and like it's kind of the same with Instagram. I just mute a shit ton of people because I don't want to deal with like the. The bullshit. Also, I just want to look at like cute cat pictures and like funny memes and like. Yeah, funny memes really get me through the day sometime. I mean. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's just like re- really yeah. like Instagram. That's what. And we're, let's not let people who have an IQ right around room temperature drive the conversation. <laughs> I would love that, but unfortunately, social media has ruined that for everyone. Oh so. yeah. Everyone's got a platform. Yeah, I mean, let's just. I will just do two seconds on the Igor Georgiev thing, which is if they don't like each other, it's not a problem. Yeah, As we noted cares? earlier in the show, friendship for 60 is off the charts with this team as a whole. <laughs> not everybody's going to get along. It's not ruining any chemistry or vibes. Uh, They're literally so never on the ice at the no same offense. time. It's, yeah, it's not right. possible. Exactly. And, 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 you know, think about it from Georgiev's perspective, right? And, and, Look, would I, would I love if he was a little bit more outward in his um, support of his teammates? Sure. But he comes onto the ice to congratulate Igor after a win, after a, a, an exhilarating game like we saw on Tuesday night. He's literally the only guy who didn't play. So everybody else is like in the fight. Everybody's exhausted, sweaty. They're, you know, again, you're, think about the emotions you've gone through playing such a, you know, a, a, an intense game. 
And Georgiev's the dude who doesn't have to take a shower. He's wearing a baseball hat. Like, okay, he's pretty chill. Yeah, that's got to be a weird experience. And I don't think people even realize that when they look at this stuff. And they're like, oh, he didn't he didn't hug him. He just gives him like a fist bump. I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, th- this is not a thing. It's not an issue. And I And this is the type of thing that... You know, maybe we're all spending a little bit too much time in the in the dark corners of Ranger Twitter. But, you know, uh, we've got other disagreements to have that 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 can drive us up the wall not have to worry about, you know, as you know, as now the question makes a lot more sense, you know, Instagram work drama. Yeah, I will say too, some people just aren't huggers like very good friend of mine doesn't like to hug. You get a hug on special occasions. You should just respect people's boundaries. Mm hmm. That's also a possibility. Absolutely. Maybe Georgiev's not a hugger. Case closed. Maybe Igor is not a hugger, but no one else listens to him, and Georgiev is the only one who listens to him. How about that? Maybe Georgiev chooses to celebrate by, you know, reenacting fights in the locker room like that one time that happened. (laughs) (laughs) He does seem like a weird guy, so that's on the table. Goalies are fucking weird, all right? I can definitely vouch for that. Yes. We're a weird breed. That's all we have for questions, guys. Those were really good. Yeah, I really like that. Really good and fun questions. So thanks, everyone, for um, your contribution. This is by far my favorite part of the podcast. And I, I love you guys. I, I love it. I love seeing these questions. And then I also kind of love wanting to punch, you know, Luker in the throat for that one. It's, it's, a, it's a feeling that comes and goes. We love Luker, but sometimes we just want to punch him. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. We may get an opportunity next week on the show. So, uh, you know, it's as we mentioned, two weeks without hockey. It's going to feel like a, an eternity, but we will be here as we are every week. Obviously, this time on a Thursday, usually on a Wednesday. We'll see what happens. But, you know, we've got a couple of good shows planned for during the break. And then when the Rangers get back into it um, on February 15th against Boston, it's the stretch drive to the playoffs, which is going to be really exciting. So thanks, as always, for listening, and we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs>